Welcome to Nurse Narrative, the Auburn University School of Nursing podcast, where we invite you to join our story. In this episode, our hosts celebrate Black History Month with Dr. Cotillia Ware and Mr. Chris Martin. Welcome back to Nurse Narrative. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Kelly Strickland. And I'm Megan Jones. And we are excited because today we are celebrating Black History Month. Um, and we are going to spend this episode uh, highlighting stories of black nurses who have influenced us. So we sit down with two of our faculty members and chat about those stories. Yeah, this was a great episode. I learned a lot and just enjoyed so much hearing the stories of these people. Um, so we sat down with Mr. Chris Martin. He's a repeat guest. He was on the podcast earlier this month talking about heart health and did a great job. So we decided to invite him back. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we also sit down with Dr. Cotillia Ware. Um, and they brought forward some stories that they wanted to share with everyone. Okay. Thank you for joining us. And we'll jump right in. Okay, we are here with Chris and Cotillia and Megan, of course, and we are so excited that y'all are on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes, you're back. You're for a first second. repeat guest. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, I would, you know, I'd just like to thank everybody who made this possible. Um, <laughs> started with my parents 30 years ago and everyone that I've encountered ever since. Listen, that's It's a awesome. great honor to be invited back. <laughs> well, it's an honor for us to have you back. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so we just want to highlight some different black nurses who have helped change the face of history and, and do their thing and be pioneers and um, just really improve the health care of all people. So, yeah, uh, definitely the first person that jumped out to my mind uh, when we started having these conversations was um, Dr. Hazel Johnson Brown. So I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Army for 31 years. Mm-hmm. And so. A lot of just life in general was influenced by people in the military. And I remember hearing about Dr. Johnson Brown because she was actually the first uh, black female to reach the rank of general. So that was the context in which I knew about her. Mm And so as a kid, I'm thinking, oh, this woman was like awesome. She's Mm -hmm. probably a soldier out there, you know, directing people. And she was as a nurse. Mm -hmm. So as a nurse now, I realized that is phenomenal. I mean, for you, you know, there are so few people that reach the rank of general and to have the first African-American woman to do that, share my profession and be a trailblazer. in that was duly amazing just for me. Um, and what's so great is, of course, that wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, she actually was denied admission from the nurse from the first school of nursing that mm-hmm. she applied to really? because of her color. Mm-hmm. So she is from she was originally from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. wanted to go to school there. The local nursing school said, no, we're not going to admit you. So she went to Harlem. And, admitted, and uh, gained admittance to a nursing school there. And so, you know, the beginning of her nursing journey <laughs> was yeah. overcoming adversity. Mm-hmm. And she continued to do that all the way up until, I believe it was 1979, when she became the director of the Army Nursing Corps. So she went from being told, no, you can't go to nursing school here, to being in charge of 7,000 Army nurses. <laughs> that's amazing. So that's not amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that just kind of shows the kind of tenacity that this woman had, not only as a soldier, but as a nurse. Yeah. So that was definitely the first person that popped in my mind. Mm, that's a good one. That's good. What about you, Cotillia? You got anybody? Well, I think when we talk about mm-hmm. this program today, uh, the first person that came to mind was Mary Eliza Mahoney. Yes. And 
I know a lot of people probably already know who she is, but she's actually the first African-American licensed nurse. And the thing about her that stands out for me is she knew early on in her teens that she wanted to be a nurse. So mm-hmm. she started in the hospital, like in all these roles, like she was a cook, she was a janitor. She did several different roles before actually going to the hospital's program. So the hospital actually was the first hospital, the New England Hospital for Women, mm-hmm. that had one of the first nursing schools in the United States that mm-hmm. she actually went to. Wow. And out of the 40-something people that actually entered that program, mm-hmm. only four completed it. Wow. And she was one of the four people. Get it, wow. So I was like, wow, 40-something people went in that program? Yeah. yeah. And only four people finished, and she was one of the four people that finished. Wow. So she's the first licensed African-American nurse. You know, they make sure they put that term license in mm-hmm. there because, you know, a lot of women were referred to as nurses that were not licensed but she was the first professional Mm. licensed nurse so that's what stands out about her for me Mm. but one other fact that I learned about her mm-hmm. that's not related to nursing yeah. that I really like is that she was actually one of the first women that went to register to vote to once wow. the really? amendment, what the 19th Amendment yeah. was ratified. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. She was a powerhouse. She? she was. <laughs> that's, that's like my word for today. These people, I've loved learning more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. I love that you brought her to the table. So one of the people that I learned about kind of through this process was Mary Seacole, and she was um, a nurse. She was originally from Jamaica, um, and she was kind of in, she was born in 1805. So this was kind of taking it back a little bit. Um, And she traveled to England to work as a nurse in the Crimean War. So a lot of people know um, Florence Nightingale from that time period, but Mary Seacole tried to join that um, group of nurses and she was denied. And so she kind of paved her own way and paid, literally paid her own way as well to go to the front lines. And so she created and set up the um, British Hotel, which was a place where she um, provided food and supplies and medicine to troops. And she would also go to the actual battlefield and do the same thing to the soldiers that were on. And I thought this was very interesting. She did this for soldiers on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a um, fighting for the health of those individuals, but she also nursed them on the battlefield. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like she was doing it at this British hotel, but she was on the front lines doing that hard work. Um, and she uh, she cared for the wounded, like I said, on both sides of the field. And she actually wrote an autobiography, which is called Wonderful Adventures of Miss C. Cole in Many Lands. And I thought, I'm going to add that to my reading list for this year because I want to learn more about her that she, you know, all that she did. So I was very interested to learn about her. That's awesome. I, I like that you brought her to the table as well because so many people know Florence Nightingale. Exactly. And yeah, she's like the standard bearer for all things yes. nursing. But she wasn't the only one. No. Right. So I, I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to like bring somebody else in who was from that time who yes. was also, you know, blazing her own trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my next nurse, if you're not from Madison County, Alabama or Northern Alabama, which is where I'm from, you probably don't even know who she is. Okay. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring her to the yes, table. Yes, I'm pumped. Because I think so often when we think of history or groundbreaking, we think of these folks who have done things on a national level. Mm-hmm. And by all means, that's that's great. Sure. But some of the biggest impacts that I believe nursing has made and will continue to make are going to be at the local level. That's right. 
So my next nurse is actually Miss Jean Dent, or okay. Nurse Dent, as she was known. Alabama native. Um, she actually graduated high school at 16 and then went on to complete what was then the nursing training program at Tuskegee Institute, which is now Tuskegee University. Mm-hmm. After she did that, she practiced in Washington, D.C. for a little while, and then she just felt the call to come back home. And she just didn't come back home because, you know, she was missing home. She wanted to come back home and make an impact. Yes. So in 1947, her along with Dr. Harold Drake, who, side note, Harold Drake was the son of Joseph Fanning Drake, who's from Auburn. So all these wow. little times there. So her with Dr. Drake, they started the first uh, clinic in Madison County, Alabama, my hometown, uh, for black people. Up wow. until that point, there was no formalized real formalized care for African-Americans. So wow. it was a lot of kind of home remedies, a lot of having to travel to other uh, other local areas. And local at that time could have been 100 miles away right. um, to, yeah. to seek treatment. So they started this clinic in 1947. Wow. And from 1947 until the time she retired, she trained over 60 laywomen to become medwives. I'm sorry, midwives and um, practical nurses. Wow. 60. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, But the thing that was so kind of crazy to me is even though she started this work in 1947, she wasn't actually recognized for her work for almost 30 years. And in Mm. 1973, the state of Alabama actually named her the nurse of the year because they finally realized this woman is making a huge impact on public health. Um, And what I loved about her story is there are still older people much older people now that are in my hometown mm-hmm. who still remember going to see Nurse mm-hmm. and Dr. Drake. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to realize that not all of our trailblazers are people that we're going to see on a national yes. level. There are a lot of people who are grassroots in these communities yeah. ensuring help for, for people in the African-American community who couldn't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so these folks are some of the real trailblazers that we kind of forget about. And because, um, you know, she's my hometown nurse. She's your hometown uh, girl. Uh, hometown girl. I love it. Could not couldn't go without, <laughs> without bringing up Nurse Dent. Yes. That's wonderful. Now, did you say she graduated from Tuskegee Institute? Yeah, so she graduated from the nurse training program. So this would have been before they developed the, well, I'll let you come share. I don't think I know what you're going to talk about. But yes, (laughs) yes, yes, she was a a graduate of the Tuskegee nursing training program. Well, that's a great transition because my next person that I want to talk about (laughs) is Dr. Lillian Holland Harvey. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity of actually working at Tuskegee University for about five years Mm -hmm. um, prior to coming here. And I learned a lot about Dr. Harvey, like Mm -hmm. even just to walk down the halls of a program that she started was like amazing to me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I never met Dr. Harvey, obviously, but I see her to be this amazing person. So she actually started Mm -hmm. the first baccalaureate program in the state of Alabama, um, Mm -hmm. which was at Tuskegee Institute. Mm -hmm. So she transitioned that diploma nursing program into a baccalaureate nursing program, which is one of our oldest programs here in the state of Alabama. And because of that, you know, she now has an award named after her through Mm -hmm. the um, Alabama State Nurses Association. Mm -hmm. Um, There are several people that get that award. Mm -hmm. But other things from Dr. Harvey, you know, she was dean, obviously, at the time when she did this. But she also has Leanne Holland Harvey Hall named after her, which is actually located next door to the School of Nursing. Mm -hmm. It closed for a little bit of it. It's now open again Mm -hmm. and students stay there. It was originally designed for the students that were in the nursing program. So it was the nurses residence hall when Mm -hmm. it was originally developed. But now it's just one of your normal dorms on campus, but it's directly next to the School of Nursing. So that's another thing that's amazing about Dr. Harvey. She also 
is an, a recipient of the Mary Eliza Mahoney Award. And I could not go without <laughs> oh, cool. telling y'all that because that was the first person that I actually recognized. Yeah. And that's important because that was also something given by the American Nurses Association. So mm-hmm. amazing things, amazing yes. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My cheeks are hurting from smiling so much that we're talking about all these. This is incredible. I love learning about these individuals. Um, so my second person that I wanted to talk about is somebody I kind of have an embarrassing story that goes with it. But um, I wanted to talk about Rear Admiral Siv- Sylvia Trent Adams. And she has such an extensive um Resume. Yes. So I'm going to highlight just a few things that she's done. Um, she currently serves as the principal deputy assistant secretary for health in the Department of Health. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, also served as the acting U.S. Surgeon General um, from April until September of 2017. Um, and that's obviously a a huge deal. From 2013 to 2016, she was chief nurse officer advising the Surgeon General's office and the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, She's worked to improve the lives of underserved communities. She has had a direct impact on building systems of care to improve public health for marginalized populations, both domestically and internationally. Um, She's also done a lot of work with the Ryan White HIV AIDS program um, in a lot of different areas. They have many, many different services, but she's been really influential um, in that program. And she really has um, she has a lot of honestly just different talks that you can even Google even currently um, just on shifting the quote unquote sick care system instead of our healthcare system, we have almost more of a sick care system to a prevention kind of model. Mm-hmm. And we had the opportunity and honor to hear from her um, late in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, she came as one of our distinguished lecturer series mm-hmm. um, guests. And I was so excited to hear from her and so excited to talk to her. And after her talk, she invited, you know, anybody who wanted to talk with her to, to come down to the front. And so I went down to the front and I had this list in my head of things that I wanted to ask her. And when I, when I walked up to her, all I could do was just start crying because she, like, so many things that she said were so meaningful and so mm-hmm. true and so impactful. And I know for me personally, just a lot of what I teach on um, just every day has a lot to do with what she stands for. Mm-hmm. And so just sitting in her presence, I was amazed. And so I made just an utter fool of myself. And she was so gracious. She just stood there and hugged me and just mm-hmm. patted my back. And um, But she's amazing. So we'll put a, a couple of her talks in the show notes, too. I'd love to. I'd love for people to be able to mm-hmm. listen to more of kind of what she's all about. So, yeah, she is such a dynamic speaker. I got Goodness to attend the same, the same talk that, mm-hmm. that Kelly was mentioning. Mm-hmm. And now I wasn't moved to tears, <laughs> but I was definitely moved to action. Um, yes. Just the way that you she takes her experience as a nurse. And I think it's really easy for people who have kind of ascended the the ranks in whatever healthcare organization that, that they may be a part of to almost leave their nursing roots behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, you could tell she didn't do that. No. And not only does she talk the talk, but she walks the walk and she understands what we, the ins and outs of what her staff and her, her lower level folks are doing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so refreshing to see that. Yes. 
So yes, I'm so happy you included her. <laughs> She's amazing. So happy you included her. I guess it's my turn again. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to change things up just a little bit here. Okay. As I'm known to do. So if you've noticed, everyone that we've mentioned so far, they've all been women. Yes. And I love my female colleagues. <laughs> I really, really do. Yes. But my last person I would like to highlight is Dr. Ernest Grant, who is okay. actually the president of the American Nurses Association. Okay. And a personal mentor of mine. And one day I'm going to meet Dr. Grant. It's going to happen. I'm going to just speak that. Put that out there. <laughs> I got to meet him. I have a picture. <gasps> we'll just rub in, Dr. Ware. <laughs> well, no, don't say rub it in. Say, Katilia, that you need to make that connection happen. That's right. Pause. She's your hook. <laughs> yes, uh, Katilia, feel free to you know pass along some contact information or <laughs> make that happen. I'm not a stalker. Moving on. Um, so what I love about Dr. Grant is Dr. Grant's career spans multiple levels of nursing. So he began his nursing career as an LPN. So that is a licensed practical nurse. Mm -hmm. And he's gone from being a licensed practical nurse, someone that a lot of people think is, you know, very entry level nursing. Mm -hmm. And he has transcended to the president of the largest professional nursing organization in the country. Get it. So just that trail that he has blazed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring him up in mm -hmm. this conversation. Um, and there's actually a quote that he made um, not too long ago when he was doing an introductory interview and I loved it. He said, it's important that the nursing workforce reflects the diversity of our patient populations to increase our ability to provide the culturally competent quality care patients need, especially when they are most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, I was, that was a past the collection plate you preaching type mm -hmm. moment because mm -hmm. I really feel that with all that nursing is doing right now, that is the one thing we could really do a lot better at yeah. um, the most recent statistics put male nurses at about 9% of the mm -hmm. nursing population mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to minority nurses I think African Americans make up somewhere between 10 to 11% of all nurses and mm -hmm. that's just not what our patient populations look like that's right and so having someone who has blazed the trail that he's blazed, I know he's seen these things. and I know that he's continuing to live these things. Mm -hmm. So um, major, major uh, kudos to, to Dr. Grant and all he's doing, both personally in his in his career and through the American Nurses Association. Also, a shout out to Dr. Grant. He is one of us. He is a nurse educator. He okay. actually still uh, practices as a nurse educator with the University of um, North Carolina. Okay. So he's not just out here promoting nursing and promoting nursing education. He's living it. Yeah. That's amazing. And yay for mm. you for, for bringing a, a male to the mix. You know, if there's one thing <laughs> I know represent. I can do, I can bring a male to the mix when it comes <laughs> to nursing. Right. That I can do. Oh, that's good. Well, I think that's a smooth transition once again. Because my next person is actually Dr. Beverly Malone. Mm -hmm. And so it's so funny because we did not we plan, didn't plan this. That. Yeah. So, <laughs> smooth transition. So Dr. Malone was actually elected two terms as the um president mm -hmm. of the American Nurses Association. She went in in 1996, got that role. She did it for two terms. And she wasn't the first African-American lady in that role, though. She was the second African-American mm -hmm. person in that position. Mm -hmm. I actually had the opportunity, though, to meet Dr. Malone, too. Goodness gracious. I met her during the Tuskegee University Nursing Hall of Fame ceremony. Mm -hmm. She was actually a keynote speaker mm -hmm. for that program. And that program is actually designed to keep the legacy going for Dr. Holland Harvey, mm -hmm. Louie Harvey, Holland Harvey. And I keep messing up this lady's name today, and I don't know why. Because it's a lot of different she names. She has a lot of ages. That's what it is. <laughs> That's right. But I do know Dr. Harvey's name. Yes. Maybe I should leave her at Dr. Harvey instead of saying <laughs> Holland today. But she 
spoke as the keynote speaker, and I learned so much about her during her speech because, you know, we read all these things that she's done, you know, Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. made her one of the high, put her in one of the highest positions that a nurse can have. Mm -hmm. And that exact position was the deputy assistant secretary for health Mm -hmm. um, for the United States. And he put her in one of those positions and I had no idea that was one of the highest positions that you could hold as a nurse. So Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh wow, this is amazing. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But once I got to know her or hear her speech, she was amazing. I mean, she talked about the different things that she had done and what her beliefs were. And they aligned exactly with what she says now in her role as the CEO for NLN. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been in that role since 2007. So over a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's stuck with wow. that. Wow. I love that. Like, she is still in the role of NLN's uh, CEO. So I pulled something up on, about her because when I was looking at you know, all that she's done. As you said earlier, what we actually do as nurse educators, what we're teaching in the classroom, she is recognized as being America's most vocal leaders in the national conversation, not only about the nursing profession, but about the nurse educator shortage, the role of nursing and ensuring access to safe, quality, culturally competent care, Mm -hmm. which is something that we talk about often. Mm -hmm. And she has all those things that are said about her, not only here nationally, but also globally. Yeah. And so that's, you know, highly recognized because she also spent some time in the United Kingdom mm-hmm. in another position. So she I didn't is know global. she spent time in the UK. Yes. She did. Awesome. And she was the general secretary at that time okay. for the UK Royal College of Nursing. Wow. Which is huge. Which is yeah. huge. Like, that's Can a big deal. Can we just put that out there? Yes. Yes. That, 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 that uh, an African-American yeah. woman mm-hmm. was picked to lead a United Kingdom program. Whoa. That's huge. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a lot of... We'll say pushback. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. There are a lot of articles out there that you can read about that because that organization or that no. program in mm-hmm. UK represents over 400,000 nurses. Wow. So that's like, it was, I think one article may have even been titled, Why an African-American Woman for This Position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, she's proven herself to be such a leader in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Globally. Globally. Nationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But globally? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I remember reading about her and thinking, now how do you go from the United States Uh with our very interesting healthcare structure to the United Kingdom where they have a completely different different healthcare structure? Yes. And she was successful. You know, so it's not just that she was able to make the transition, it's that she was able to do it successfully. Yeah. She's she's awesome. She mm-hmm. was there a long time, too. I just can't quote how many years she was there, but she was there. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say a decade there, but mm-hmm. she, she spent quite some time there. Well, she certainly deserved to be there, for sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, th- we could just sit here and talk for a lot longer. <laughs> I think there are so many people mm-hmm. um, that even have not been named that we oh, need to have more time um, to talk about them. Uh, but... I have loved highlighting these mm-hmm. these individuals. I think it's so important, so necessary. It is time for their voices to be heard, and I'm I'm just so excited that we get to um, to celebrate them during this Black History Month. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Katilia, for coming on and just 
talking about these people. Megan, do you have anything to add? No, it's just been, this has been such an education. I told Kelly, I'm not coming with anyone to speak about because I just want to learn and just hear, you know, who has impacted both of you working with you both so closely. Um, Just knowing who some of these heroes have been for you is wonderful and um, just incredible. I, I mean, just really, really interesting to hear, you know, just listening to y'all, all of them or most of them, it seems, you know, the beginning of their story, some of the first things y'all said is they were doubted or they mm-hmm. were, you know, all these roadblocks that came up and, and for them to persevere and not only persevere, but goodness, mm-hmm. fly, you know, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. So um, thank y'all for sharing their stories. It's It's been an education for me and I'm mm-hmm. just so glad to know about some of the people that mean so much to y'all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been inspirational. I think it's a good word for these people. So, all right. Well, to the listener, thank you so much for your time with us and take good care.